Welcome to the Ferris Love Shrine Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. In this episode, we're talking again with Jordan Langdon, wife, mom, licensed clinical social worker, and parent coach for families of character. Welcome back, Jordan. Thank you, Katie. It's an honor to be back. We are excited. If you missed her first episode, it was episode 12 called You Don't Have to Do It All Alone, so make sure you tune into that. Um, But this week, we're actually going to switch our conversation a little bit and talk about how, as a parent, do you say no when other parents are saying yes to something maybe your kid is asking for? Um, And Jordan's going to kind of walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, thanks, Katie. Mm -hmm. So let's just dive right in. Um, I think the ability for parents to say no to something isn't new to, to parents today with technology or anything like that. Um, you know, you've been saying no to sleepovers or whatever for, for years or jobs or whatever. So um, since this isn't a new aspect of parenting, what are some, um, I guess, new things that parents have to navigate now in terms of things that they might say no to or new areas? Yes, new areas for us parents today, definitely number one include technology, right? right. All things, cell phones, video games, social media, those little innocent online children's learning games. These are all things that we as parents now really have to discern, you know, whether or not we're going to allow our kids to participate in these things, have the phone, and then at what age. So I think that's really the biggest difference in the generations of parenting is, you know, technology by far. Definitely true. My parents, there wasn't even a possibility of giving me a cell phone when I was a middle schooler or a high schooler. Um, so yeah, definitely a different a different world that we live in today. Um, so what tips would you have for parents who are trying to kind of discern and figure out like when a child asks for something, whether it's a, a cell phone or a social media account or a PlayStation or whatever, well, how do we navigate this? Yeah, a great question. You know, I think Number one is communication, right? So if you're married, talking to your spouse, really talking through these issues without feeling like you need to give a quick answer to your child, Mm -hmm. regardless of that kind of salesman attitude they get where they're pushing, 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 and they they Mm -hmm. want an answer now, you know, taking some time to wait and talk with your spouse. If you're a single parent, talking to someone who you respect in the parent community that maybe said no to the same thing that you're thinking about. And even if you don't know them really well, but you know that this is something that they don't allow in their home, call them up, you know, grab them in the car line at school or when you're passing by the grocery store and say, hey, I just want to know. I know this is a rule in your home. Why? Why do you do this? I'm, I'm discerning it myself and I want to know, you know, your thoughts. Many times, parents or even your spouse will have a personal story that mm-hmm. was kind of the starting point, right? It's, it's what propelled them to say no and maybe absolutely not mm-hmm. in our home. And so those stories help us kind of map that onto our own life with our own kids to mm-hmm. determine whether or not we're going to say no to that particular thing. Communication's sure. huge. Number two, I would say though, play it out in your mind. Mm-hmm. So if you're discerning whether to give your child a cell phone or allow video games in your home. 
think about them using that device and how often they might use it, what they might access with it, what limits will be put around the, the type of content they see or view, um, and then play that out in your mind and go, okay, let's just say we say yes to this. What does that look like in three years? My kid's 11. So they start playing video games at 11. What does that look like when they're 14? What does that look like when they're 16 and they're driving a car? What does that look like when they're 21 and they can drink alcohol? Mm-hmm. So kind of really spending some time, again, delaying that answer so that you have time to think about what is it that they're going to participate in? Mm-hmm. What types of habits might that build up in them? And then right. how will that map onto bigger things that they have coming in their life that ultimately have much bigger consequences than when they're mm-hmm. three to seven? Mm-hmm. I like that idea because it's true. Like you think now like, what? oh, no big deal. Like an hour of this or like a little bit of that. It's like not a big thing. But as it continues to progress, when they get more freedoms, when they, you know, you know a little bit less about what they're doing with their every waking hour as they age, like, yeah, it's true. You got to kind of play that out full, full circle. Yes. So interesting. Um, I'm curious what you think in terms of how much discussion there needs to be between the child who's asking for something and the parents themselves before the decision is made. Great question. I think number one, hear them out, hear out your child, like really listen to their begging and their justification for why they should get what they want. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a tendency to do that with a little bit of sarcasm sometimes, or just like a hurry up. I know I'm going to say no already, but it's really (laughs) important to just kind of sit back and say, you know, give me your reasons. Mm -hmm. Why is it you think you need a cell phone when you're eight? Mm -hmm. You know, tell me, give me some good reasons why this makes sense. And so you kind of make them do their research a little bit and give you their reasons and then validate what they say. Oh, I hear you saying that this would, you know, make it easier to talk to your friends outside of school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, it would make it easier for you to talk to your friends outside of school, right? Mm -hmm. So there is truth in probably what they are saying, um, but it's also okay for us to say. And then I also disagree with the fact that, you know, having a full privilege of having the phone with an internet and with the internet in your pocket and having Mm -hmm. open access to anything that's out there Mm -hmm. won't be in your best interest at this time. Sure. You know, so I also like the idea of just between parents, say, say a kid asks for something that they want, video game, cell phone, social media account, whatever it is for the parents to kind of have a, a spoken rule between the two of themselves to not give an answer mm. before it's been 24 hours. So I mm. love the 24 hour rule where it's just like, you know what, we're going to kind of hash this out between us. We're going to discern this. We're going to maybe sit in silence with this question, you know, mm-hmm. and then we will return to it after it's been 24 hours. But even if both of us are like an absolute yes or an absolute no, let's just not deliver that message for Mm -hmm. 24 hours. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. That's funny. Growing up, we had this 24 hour rule. You couldn't, you couldn't ask permission or make plans if you didn't give at least 24 hours for my parents to be able to say yes or no before the thing was in place. So like if you came home Thursday night and was like, can I have sleepover tomorrow? They'd be like, no, we don't have 24 hours to think about it. Like, no, you can't. 
So that's a really interesting um, thing that you say it that way. I'm curious too, how much you think like the kid, like giving the kids a little bit of autonomy, autonomy to make that decision. Like when does that kind of come into play? Um, are you talking about like autonomy to um, like say more about that? I guess that question. Yeah. Like I'm curious in terms of like, okay, let's say maybe you're saying yes, but with restrictions, right? So you're not giving a total yes. Like maybe you're saying, yes, you can play video games, but right. Or yes, you can have a cell phone, but, and then like, when do you make all the rules or when do you have the kids kind of chip in and be like, okay, this is what I think should be my rules or my restrictions or my guidelines to live by. If you're saying like, yes, but with caveats. Sure. I think that's, that's a good question. And there's not kind of a one size fits all, but I think, you know, if they are, if it's something that you're willing to say yes to with some limits, mm -hmm. then you already believe and trust something about your child that mm -hmm. makes you believe that they are capable of handling this with some guardrails in place. And so I think you give them as much information as you can about when they are over the, the boundary and mm -hmm. breaking the rules so that they can self-regulate as best right. as possible. We want to set them up to succeed, you know, mm -hmm. but then be right there so that when they break the rule, you can say, uh Oh, you know, this mm -hmm. just happened. And yeah. so we let you know that when that rule was broken, if you went over your time limit or, or you mm -hmm. accessed something you weren't supposed to, mm -hmm. now we have to dial back the privilege. Either sure. you grounded from a, from that device or that video game for a week, or, you know, we're going to cut your screen time in half until you can demonstrate that within that time period, you can follow those rules. So mm -hmm. that's where it's like, when you say yes, you really do have to be ready because you have to mm -hmm. be ready to put the consequences that you align to them into practice. So it's mm -hmm. like that dial Then all of a sudden you're You've got access to this dial, whether it's okay, give them a little bit more, or now we got to dial it down or mm -hmm. even turn it off completely. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, I was asking, cause I'm also, I, my nephew recently, right. Got caught. He's been playing a ton of video games, et cetera. And so his parents said, you know, how, how much time do you think you should get daily playing your video games? And he was like four hours a day. And they were like, okay, why don't you go think about it? Why don't you pray about it? And then come back to us and tell us what you and God decided was going to be best for you. And so he comes back a week later and he says to his parents, I prayed about it. And three hours a week. And they said, wait, four, you went from four hours a day to three hours a week. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's what I saw in my prayer. Like, that's what, that's what God told me. So I'm going to do that. And they were like, okay, like you're responsible for that. And he now sets a timer and like a timer for his week, but he's super responsible and not every child is like that. So I think that kind of leads into my next question of like, do you think you should have kind of blanket rules for all the children or for your household? Or is it a little bit like each individual child kind of you, you revisit the issue of whatever it is, joining that sports team, getting that smartphone, whatever with each child? Great question. And I love that, by the way, that knowing your child best. And if, if, you know, asking them to pray about it helps mm -hmm. them to really discern and kind of get outside of their own passions and desires and go, yep. okay, let me go back to my moral compass here yeah. and see what God says about that. That is such a beautiful example yeah. of parenting mm -hmm. and giving some of the onus back to the child to tap mm -hmm. into their, you know, 
their morals and values. I love Mm -hmm. that. And you're right. Every kid is different. So that won't work (laughs) for some of them, but I would try that. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Um, As far as, you know, when children should have certain privileges, I do think it's both, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of a both. And it's, I like to have an age limit for certain things like sleepovers and Mm -hmm. um, cell phones, getting a smartphone. Um, But I also communicate to my kids that, you know, just because 13 or 14 might be the age of getting your first phone, if you have not demonstrated responsibility Mm -hmm. in other areas of your life, things that come before the privilege of having a phone, like Mm -hmm. making your bed every day and having a a structured daily routine that you keep up with, you know, managing the chores, taking care of the pet or doing your piano lessons when you're supposed to do them without being nagged, you know, that there is an order to privilege in the house and that really as their parent, it would be doing them a disservice to allow them to have a phone if they aren't getting other things in their life, the simple, basic things down on a daily basis, you know, because again, we, we project that out as, you know, you don't just get the keys to a car when you're 16. Mm -hmm. If you haven't learned about driving and the rules of the road, if you haven't gotten behind the wheel and done some classes with someone, you know, and even then, they might go, oops, not ready. You know, right. you, didn't, you didn't turn your signal on or you ran a red light or whatever. And so we can't afford you that privilege mm-hmm. at this time. So I think helping with some analogies like that with kids sure. too, yeah. helps them really understand you're just not really a jerk, mm-hmm. you're not mean, or you're trying to be different from all their friends' parents, but you really have a reasoning behind what you're doing for them and having their best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. I think the the example of the driver's license is a really good one, especially for social media and technology and that kind of a thing. Because I think often parents are like, well, now you're whatever, 14, 13, 12, here's a phone, good luck. And then they're left trying to navigate a lot of that. And like, even from just my own experience of, of going and talking to various groups about social media and stuff, you just see kids have fallen into the trap of social media or the trap of technology because they haven't been given the lessons, right? And had the like driver's ed teacher sitting next to them in the car, like navigating it with them because parents are like, well, that's the right age. And so I think helping them to not just get that privilege when it's time, but also walking them through it, right? Like accompanying them along the way is also really essential. Super essential. And I, Years ago, I went to what's called the World Meeting of Families in Philadelphia, and one of the speakers was talking about technology, and they were saying, you know, if you're going to introduce your kids to technology, then be willing to sit with them as you introduce them to it. Even if you're on your laptop right next to them doing some work while they're on the tablet or computer or whatever, be in the same room. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to give them these privileges, like you said, Katie, just make sure that you're available to them. It's not mm-hmm. you give it to them and you go away for eight hours to the office and they're at home on their tablet just mm-hmm. going down these rabbit holes where really I tell people as a counselor too, if you're going to allow them this wide open access to the internet where there's all kinds of evil things lurking around every corner and tempting our kids mm-hmm. you know, with these games and pop-ups that 
lure them to click here and then takes them somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And we have to take responsibility for the consequences that come to our kids. And right. those consequences are severe. There are things that they run into that they cannot unsee. It's mm-hmm. visually, you know, damaging to them. Mm-hmm. They have flashbacks of these things later and it affects them. They carry it with them years down the road. So I think mm-hmm. that's another reason to take time to discern things, you know, mm-hmm. before you just open it wide up, we have to know that we're going to have to set something of ours aside in order to make time to accompany them in that particular new privilege. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, What about when the parents don't agree? Like, how do you present a united front, especially if you're going to say no, when maybe if one of them is less convinced that the answer should be no? um, How do you navigate that? You know, that's hard. That's a really tough scenario. And and it's a tough scenario if you're married. It's also a tough or maybe even tougher if you're mm-hmm. divorced and co- sure. co-parenting with someone. But I always say, you know, whoever has kind of the stronger no, they kind of have, uh, you know, the they have to be willing to be patient with mm-hmm. the rest of the family, but mm-hmm. also to be willing to talk it through over and over Mm -hmm. in a loving way, explaining, maybe using some different analogies or research to kind of drive their point home Mm -hmm. in a gentle way. Because usually the reason that that you don't agree on something that has to do with the well-being of your kids is because one person is kind of fearful about something. You know, if dad says no to a cell phone and mom says, I think that they're ready or the, or vice versa, you know, one of them is usually fearful of like, well, if we, if we say no, then, you know, Parker's going to get made fun of. Mm. And I don't want him to get made fun of. And so it's like, okay, find out if you're the one that says no, find out what it is your spouse is fearing in this Mm. decision. What are you Mm -hmm. afraid of? And then let's talk through that. Sure. I also say, you know, in parenting, this happens all the time, but when one of us is kind of maybe ahead of the other on the journey or has a stronger no than the other one is, is this idea that we're always seed planting. And so it's Mm. not, oh gosh, she's never going to come on board with me or he's never going to get it. But it's Mm -hmm. like the spirit of just realizing that we're planting seeds, even with our own spouses, that Mm -hmm. we might have to water the seed a little bit more you know, fertilize it here and there in order for that to really bloom and, and, and take root and get that person on board with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think too, that also goes back to kind of your idea of like the 24 hour waiting period, because, you know, kids are smart and they know which, which parent to ask sometimes to get kind of what they want. And if you automatically have that 24 hour waiting period, that gives you a chance to touch base with, you know, that other parent to figure out like, Okay, what what are we saying together? And that you can then present that united front as opposed to like dad said yes, mom says no. And now there's this like feud going on within the family. Absolutely. And I think my husband and I have run into this before. And I, I don't even remember what it was that he had a stronger no than I did about. But I do remember being like, listen, this is really hard for me. Like it's just, I still don't quite get it yet. So if they come begging me for this and we have to acknowledge as parents at the end of the day, we're especially worn out. We have like zero energy left. And so it's just kind of like, that's when it's easy to say yes to things that you 
really want to say no to. Mm-hmm. And so I'll say to him, listen, if they come begging me for this, you know, at after 6 p.m., can I just divert them to you? Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. this week when I'm really, you know, focusing on something and I'm overwhelmed or I've got a lot on my plate and he'll say, yeah, yeah I'll take it. I'll be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And so that partnership and being like, okay, good. I can kind of defer to you and mm-hmm. you're going to be the rock and you're going to say no. And you recognize that I might be having a difficult time with that without judging me and saying, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just tell him no? You know, yeah. but just knowing that then I have his back in another time and I'll be the one that the heavy in certain situations and that it works that way. Sure. That makes total sense. Um, what about on the kids end of things, right? Like when your parents tell you no and everybody else is doing it, right? And it seems that way, whether it's a sleepover or a sports team you're joining or having a cell phone, how how do you, can you help them kind of navigate being like the odd man out basically? You know, that's, that's an awesome question because I think our kids... Um, instinct when their friends ask them why they can't do a certain thing is to kind of bash their parents, right? And that's like a natural way to divert bullying or kind of mm-hmm. getting heck from their friends is just to sure. go, yeah, my parents, I'm, they don't know what they're doing. They're jerks, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just tell my kids, and I've had this conversation with them, I say, I know your friends' parents are going to say yes to this and that, that that's different. Um, but I encourage you to tell your friends if they'd like to know why we're saying no to this particular thing, mm-hmm. I would love to have a conversation with them about it. And I, I mean mm-hmm. that honestly, if they say, okay, then I, I'm going to ask your mom, I really want you to have sleepovers with me. Uh-huh. And so she says, no, then I'm going to ask her why let's come in, sit down, yeah. let's have a mm-hmm. chat about it, you know? Sure. Because yeah. that way it takes the onus off the kid a little bit too and mm-hmm. says like, my parents are in charge around my house. They make yeah. the rules. Yeah, that's true. And it is so true that often it ends up becoming like, well, my mom is like that or whatever. My dad said no. And like, that's just the way it is. He's a jerk instead of, but that makes it a little easier because then the parent can do the explaining and it takes the pressure off that kid. Definitely. Well, and I also talk to them just about how, culture is and how different the culture is from what we believe is good, true and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so as the culture continues to kind of go down these dark paths, Mm -hmm. um, we're constantly looking at what society tells us is okay. Mm -hmm. And then having a discussion about that in our home. And so I've really kind of had these talks with them about how if everyone else is doing it, we're probably not going to do it. <laughs> like that's really? kind of where the pendulum has swung, mm-hmm. it seems. And so it's kind of laying a groundwork where kind of get used to this is what mm-hmm. I'm saying is we're going to have a lot of no's in our family that other people are going to say yes to. And that's because we love you. Like our mm-hmm. job is, you know, to get you from that lonely first base position when you're standing out there going, please, somebody get me back to home plate all the Mm -hmm. way back around to home. Like that's our job as parents. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have to go against the grain. We have to be willing to have that confidence and that courage to say no when it seems like everyone else is saying yes. Sure. I like this too, because kind of what I'm hearing you say is not just giving them a no, 
right? Like, no, because I said so. No, because I'm the parent and I'm telling you no, but no. And here's why. Like, let's have a discussion about this and that it becomes much more also like a learning tool, a growing opportunity for them instead of just a hard no and just deal, right? Totally. Yes. And of course, we've all done that We where we've said no, because I said so, no. But it's really better and ideal if you can say, here's our why behind things, you know, and then when your why all starts lining up and it's like, oh, this is all just kind of on mission. It's it's going back to what we say our mission is as a family, you know, and I think about this, too, with business. You know, if you are an employer and your employee came and asked to do something that you thought, hmm, that doesn't sound good for the company, you know, you Mm -hmm. wouldn't just say, no, you're not doing that. Because right. then they don't feel connected as part of a team. They don't understand mm-hmm. why they, they thought this was a good idea. So you'd want to sit down with them and explain to them, let's let's kind of revisit our mission as an organization. And if you do what you ask to do, will that align with our mission? Will that move us further down the field in what we are after and what we're going mm-hmm. for? Mm-hmm. And if not, we have to say no to those things, or maybe mm-hmm. just not right now. We, we put them in kind of the parking lot of ideas. So sure. we're not doing that now, but our kids are no different. You know, mm-hmm. it sure. might not be no forever, but not right now, because that doesn't align with our mission and our morals as a family. Mm-hmm. Sure. That makes perfect sense. Um, I wonder if before we let you go, if you can share kind of a personal, without being too personal, anecdote of like this playing out in your own family, right? So people can kind of see kind of through through the whole process what it looks like. Oh, sure. I've got several examples, but the one that comes to mind is um, our oldest child, who's now 16, when he was about 10 or 11, had a video game. I think it was a PlayStation. And so... Um, he and his friends were playing the popular Fortnite game that I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just innocent, whatever. Everybody's doing it. It must mm-hmm. be fine. Um, and one day he had his friend over and they were wrestling through their siblings, my my other kids' bedrooms, and then even left the house. And uh, his friend's mom calls and said, man, what are they doing over here? They were just at your house playing the game. And now that they're at my house and it seems like they're going through their siblings' rooms and like getting into their piggy banks. And I was like, oh my gosh, I swear I heard something over here jingling around. So I go look and the bottoms are off the piggy banks and there's Mm -hmm. nothing left in my son and daughter's little piggy banks. And so we meet them halfway in between the houses, both moms. We go, what are you guys thinking? And they're like, what, what? We were just trying to get enough money to, to buy these skins for our players in Fortnite. You have to have, you know, $7 to get this new skin that we really want. Oh my gosh. And it was like all reality had gone out the window. We said, you just stole from your siblings. You (laughs) robbed them for this game. Mm -hmm. And that was just a big red flag warning for us. We're like, Mm -hmm. wow. We just said, we said yes to something without considering how Mm -hmm. this could play out. And we gave them a chance, right. To use, use technology, and and regulate themselves. And clearly they had gone beyond the boundaries, right? So we did have a conversation with them and we said, I know this seems trivial to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, you only got a couple bucks out of your brother and sister's piggy bank. But think about if you keep this behavior up, this looks like the behavior of a drug addict 
who is like going through the neighborhood at night, breaking into cars, getting the change out of the cup holder so they mm-hmm. can get their next fix. You know, mm-hmm. like this is serious. This is an addiction where you are doing stuff that's against your moral character and our beliefs. Right. You're, you're breaking one of the big rules here, the top 10 yeah. in order to fulfill this passion that you have developed with this second life. This isn't even your real life. This is right. your second life, you know, your online mm-hmm. life. So we shut it down. We said, okay, sorry, we may have given you a privilege without realizing that you weren't quite ready mm-hmm. and that we didn't have guardrails on this for you. So we're going to eliminate that, you know, problem mm-hmm. around you for, for two weeks and then let's reconsider. Well, mm-hmm. during that time, he couldn't take it and he needed to find something else, right? It's like, sure. yeah. <laughs> and so he decided, well, there's a new thing where people are buying and selling designer sneakers. So I could do that. That sounds like fun. And I can make a little extra money. So he downloads the apps, asks if he can download the app. We said, sure, let's try it. And my husband and I are new in the back of our minds. Like, this is a scam. There's no way you can make $300 off a pair of shoes, but yep. we'll let him try it. So we did. We let him try it. Well, actually, we after we grounded him from it, from the video game player, um, we said, you know what? I don't think we're going to keep this up. Like, yeah, we, I don't know, but there's a, a low chance that you're ever going to get this back. And he said, well, then can I sell it? Oh. I said, well, yeah, that was a birthday gift you got. So go ahead and sell it. So mm. he sold it along with all the games. And then he used that money oh, to, to buy the, to put in the bank, the, uh-huh. the app bank for this designer shoe thing that he was going to do. So he had his money saved and he was going to, get on when the, you know, when the green light came up and purchase his first pair of designer shoes. Yep. With 300 bucks in the bank or whatever. Well, it never worked. Oh gosh. The app actually never worked. He kept trying. He goes, I can't every week. He couldn't get in when wow. it went. And so my husband are kind of chuckling in the background. We're like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is cute. He's persistent. He's, he's after it and going to keep going. Well, then he just kind of gave up. And he never was able to buy a pair, pair of shoes. So he came back to us and said, well, now I want to buy back my video game machine. And oh. we're like, well, it turns out in that time frame, we've learned some things. Mm-hmm. And we don't think that's in your best interest. And so he was upset. And, and kids go through what I call as a, like a withdrawal period, like a mm-hmm. three to seven day period of just like, it looks like true, like alcohol or drug withdrawal where they're mm-hmm. angsty and they're, they're pacing back and forth. They kind of don't know what to do with the time they used to spend yep. on the game or the phone or whatever. And it's not easy to navigate, but sure. they do get through it. So once he got over being upset and we kind of held our ground and stayed firm in our decision during that time frame, it gave us an opportunity to kind of offer him something else mm. to think about as kind of the next transition in his life. So for us, the next transition after 11 is kind of like this idea of, okay, in a couple years, like I might want to buy a car and drive. So we mm-hmm. introduced the idea of driving and kind of getting a car and took him to a little young Americans bank and, and 
got him a, an account and then nice. he started doing little things to earn money and he was able to use the bank and see his money grow. And then we started showing him pictures of us when we were like 15, standing by our first car. And nice. we told him all these cool stories about like, you know, driving to see our cousins when our friends didn't have their driver's license yet. So we started kind of giving him this vision for what mm. the next step in his life could look like. Sure. If he moved on from kind of this behavior that kept bogging him down mm -hmm. and getting him in trouble. And it turns out we never bought the video gaming machine. And so my little kids, they have never had video games. They don't ask for video games. That yeah. one no and that no again just continues to reap all these benefits. And my son turned 16 on the 7th of oh. June, so like a month ago. And he bought his first car three weeks before his 16th birthday. And he, he just signed up for flight school last night. Like, wow. he's doing some different things. That's and cool. I do have to say, I think a lot of it is just credited to the fact that we just stayed firm in that no, mm -hmm. offering him something more healthy mm -hmm. and natural for his transition as a, as a boy. Mm -hmm. you know, to focus on. Yeah. I think this is so great because it really illustrates a lot of what we've been talking about today, right? The idea of like, you're saying no, but then you're having this discussion, but then also too, how you're like giving him something else to focus on, giving him a little bit broader picture instead of the like very narrow, like I need this like addiction style, like you were saying, um, you know, and now look, he's got a car, he's doing flight school. Like, that's great. And like all of that, because of that, that initial no, that I'm sure was hard as a parent, to have him be upset and have his friends upset and all of that, but that was worthwhile in the end. Absolutely. That's great. Um, okay. Jordan, any last like pearls of wisdom you want to share with us before we wrap up today? I just think that, you know, saying no is hard. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be hard. Expect it to be hard. Katie, I actually looked at your little bio and I was, or your profile on social media and saw that you've done 75 hard. I'm like, yeah. she is amazing. Like <laughs> that's hard. You had yeah. to say no to a lot of other things in order mm -hmm. to follow the plan and say yes to what you wanted to accomplish every day for 75 days. And so yep. I think, you know, saying no is hard, but remember as a parent, the consequences as your kids get bigger, mm -hmm. get more severe. And mm -hmm. so what's hard now, saying no now, pays off. It's yeah. going to be hard if you don't say no. And then you're dealing with these massive addiction issues and mm -hmm. self-control issues and tantruming as an adult issues. Like that's a different kind of hard. So I guess yes. pearls of wisdom is like choose your hard. Mm. I love that. That's great. Awesome. Well, for everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Shrine podcast. If you enjoyed it, we'd love for you to visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org to learn more about our project, follow us on social media, and follow Jordan as well. We'll leave links to her um, things in the show notes.